I've been a marriage and family therapist for over 20 years, and I've also been on my own spiritual journey for almost that long. Both of these experiences have taught me that mental and spiritual health are inextricably linked. Without an understanding of our spiritual selves, it is difficult to maintain emotional well-being, as at some point we will face something in our lives that throws us off balance and requires us to rethink why we are here. My wish is to share some foundational ideas that have helped me to make sense of my own life and also have allowed me to work with others in finding success in overcoming their unique obstacles. Perhaps these ideas will also inspire you to see yourself and the world around you a little differently, a little more sweetly. I'm Jenny Carroll. Welcome to my perspective. In the last episode of the Jenny Carroll Perspective, we discussed how expectations, our great expectations, are the biggest reason why our most important relationships can often be so challenging. Today, we will continue that discussion with an explanation of a related idea. There is available to us a tool that we can all use to not only help us identify our expectations of others, but also to stop our emotional dependence on what other people do or don't do. This tool or principle is psychological separation. So as we've discussed, we all carry a combination of both unconscious and conscious expectations for our relationships. If we are talking about marriage or romantic relationships, our conscious expectations might look like, in addition to love and romance, support, trust, loyalty, partnership, and so on. In addition to the expectations we are aware of, we also have significant unconscious expectations, which center on our ego need of worth through validation. While we don't usually realize it, we look to others, our most important others, to give us a sense of worth or value, validation. The problem is no other human being, regardless of how much they love us or want to support us, will ever be able to continually meet our conscious needs or expectations, let alone this gigantic never-ending unconscious need of worth through validation. So what can we do about this? How can we navigate our relationships in a way that is more realistic, healthier, and offers us an overall more pleasant experience? Well, guess what? This is where psychological separation steps in. Psychological separation can be thought of as a tool or a principle, but either way, it is also a rule. A rule that gives us guidance in understanding what is ours versus what isn't ours. So whether or not you tend to be a rule follower or a rule breaker, having a specific, clear, and concrete rule really helps in taking so much of the guesswork out of relationships. So if expectations are the greatest hazard in navigating relationships, then a byproduct is taking ownership of behaviors and emotions that don't belong to us. 
on occasion, at least for a little while, we all make the behaviors, choices, actions, or words of other people mean something about us. It is a process of personalization. What they put out, we pick up. Throw in our emotional backpack and carry it with us wherever we go. And not only do we pick it up and take it with us, but we also use it to write a story in our heads, a story that creates narrative and meaning about ourselves, and of course, casts us in the starring role. Interestingly, we actually do this frequently in many ways with many different types of people. A friend who seems distracted or uninterested when we are sharing important news, a coworker who repeatedly takes credit for our efforts, the person who cuts in line while waiting at the deli counter, or even the personality on the nightly news who shares an opinion that seems to go against our beliefs or values. However, just like with our expectations, the personalization of behaviors of the people closest to us tend to be the most impactful and the most damaging. So what exactly is the rule of psychological separation and how do we figure out how to follow it? Psychological separation is the thoughtful understanding and awareness that the motivations behind all of our choices, words, actions, and behaviors are uniquely ours. And while we can be influenced by others and we can certainly affect others, what we say or do belongs only to us. Conversely, all of the choices, words, actions, and behaviors of others are uniquely theirs. And while they can affect or impact us, they belong only to them. So the bottom line is, our stuff is only our stuff. Other people's stuff is only theirs. So the tendency to personalize the actions of others especially significant others, is human and natural. We see the world through our own eyes, and we are the apex of our perspective. The world revolves around us. At least that is often our initial impression. And even though we process our experience with others in this way many times over, there are instances that end up being quite benign, with little or no lasting impact, But then there are other situations that are much more significant, so much so that the story or narrative or meaning we create from these interactions begins to interfere with our well-being as we change our perception of who we are based on bad evidence from external sources. And this is where the problem is, making ourselves and our sense of who we are vulnerable to the actions of others that are not only beyond our control, but as psychological separation teaches us, not about us. A really good example to illustrate all of this, albeit an intense one, is the experience of infidelity. When someone experiences infidelity on the part of their partner or spouse, the most damaging aftermath is that person's new narrative the meaning they apply to themselves based on the hurtful action of their spouse. If this hurt, betrayed person is not aligned with their intrinsic worth, 
the lack of faithfulness by their partner triggers feelings of their own inadequacy, creating a cascade of negative, painful emotion. From the outside, it appears that all of their negative emotion is directed towards their partner and the partner's bad behavior. But when someone deeply struggles to get past an affair or isn't able to get past an infidelity, it is always because they are using their partner's behavior to define themselves, a feeling that is both awful and unforgivable. However, if the hurt person is able to use the rule of psychological separation, they would still be hurt, they would still be very, very angry, but ultimately they would recognize that their partner's behavior, while extremely hurtful, had absolutely nothing to do with them. This is such a good example because as a society, we have such strong moral rules around infidelity. In other words, we feel entitled to judge others based on what feels right for us. Infidelity or cheating is also something that holds a lot of fear, whether it be conscious or unconscious, for many of us. And by using this example today, it may inadvertently trigger some strong feelings for some of my kind listeners, whether or not they personally have experienced infidelity in any form. But the point in using this example is to illustrate that no matter how bad we judge a behavior to be, the truth is it still isn't about us. It doesn't mean that we aren't affected by it. And certainly, being cheated on is definitely impactful. You're going to feel it. But ultimately, there is the empowering opportunity to let it go, to allow the emotion to be experienced and then released. Something really important to point out, though, especially in an example such as this, is that using the rule of psychological separation does not require the betrayed partner to do anything. It doesn't mean that they must stay married. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't have strong boundaries should they choose to stay in the relationship. It just means that they are free to let their emotion flow through them and move on. It is not theirs to carry. So infidelity is a strong example. But the truth is, we engage in this process all of the time. It is present whenever, no matter how large or how small, another person fails to meet our expectation and we have an emotional reaction to that disappointment. Personalizing behaviors that don't belong to us could be triggered by our friend's chronic lateness, our husband's thoughtless comments, or our child ignoring our request to clean up their room. It all comes down to the same process. We also experience this dynamic with people we don't know, getting cut off in traffic, or experiencing an impatient customer service associate can trigger the same type of internal narrative. Are we taking another person's behavior and making it personal? Or do we understand that while we are allowed to have frustration or other negative emotion, the behavior of someone else fails to define us? Even a little bit, we are free. So many couples have found themselves in a state of crisis 
because for years they have regularly used each other's personality flaws, poor judgment, and imperfect choices to create a perceived personal reality. Think about it. Would you want someone else to define themselves based on every word or choice that you have made? Probably not. I know I wouldn't. Another important benefit that the rule of psychological separation offers us is clarity in understanding the behaviors of others that can be overlooked and tolerated and the behaviors of others that can be overlooked, but in our responsibility to take care of ourselves, should not be tolerated in which case we would be required to create boundaries or even end relationships that are not serving us well. For example, we can accept that a spouse with an anger issue who frequently responds to their environment and the people in it in hurtful or damaging ways does so because of whatever is going on with them internally. While we are negatively impacted by their actions, we recognize that it is their behavior, and has no personal meaning for us. At the same time, however, we might also determine that as long as their dysfunctional and toxic behavior continues, it is not in our best interest to continue the relationship. The rule of psychological separation does not get us off the hook for our responsibility in choosing wisely when it comes to bringing people into our lives, nor does it prevent our responsibility to move on from negative dysfunctional relationships. Like many of the principles we discuss, honoring the rule of psychological separation is much more difficult without an understanding and acceptance of our intrinsic worth. It is vital that we have a sense of self that is not connected or dependent on our actions. This understanding allows us to then also let go of the actions of others, despite the hurt we might experience. If we don't accept our intrinsic worth, then it is much too easy to use all the evidence we can gather from the behaviors of others to support or reduce the sense of our own value. As we know, dependence on anyone else for our sense of worth is more than problematic. It is a slippery slope to nowhere good. Because no matter how well-meaning or sincerely loving, other people will always at some point, fail to validate us in the ways we so deeply desire. Even though it can be challenging to practice the rule of psychological separation at first, like anything else, it gets easier and we become better at it with repetition and time. And the more it becomes our default, the greater the benefits. Unfortunately, if we don't learn to practice psychological separation, we tend to get better at more quickly and more intensely personalizing all that is around us, eventually leading us to a state of emotional fragility. So how do we honor the rule of psychological separation when we feel overwhelmed with devastation or anger after being so deeply hurt by a loved one? when our painful narrative seems just so incredibly accurate. Start with just observing. Observing is foundational, effective, and also something we all can do. When something happens to trigger strong emotions, for at least a little bit, we will find ourselves completely merged with our feelings. 
When we are here, it is very difficult to step back and observe. Eventually, however, the feelings will start to lessen, becoming less intense, and it is at this point where it is crucial to step back and work at finding a place of neutral exploration and analysis. As you work at finding a little separation from your emotion, notice your internal narrative. Identify the meaning you are assigning to the experience. Consider the internal motivations of the person you are angry with. The rule of psychological separation is an effective and necessary relationship tool, helping us avoid the emotional burden so many loving couples accumulate over time. But perhaps more importantly, it strengthens the relationship we have with ourselves. Psychological separation helps us to see the internal motivations behind our own thoughts, feelings, words, and behaviors. It helps us take ownership of the choices we make, good and bad. And ultimately, this insight helps us grow, mature, and create healing for our soul. My loving suggestion is to notice the next time someone makes you mad. What exactly are you telling yourself about it? What motivations or feelings are you assigning the other person? What are you making their behavior mean about yourself? What emotion or fear does this trigger? Can you identify which part of the encounter is yours versus theirs? Imagine yourself putting down the part that belongs to them. Thank you so much for joining me in the discussion today. I hope that something here resonated with you in a new or inspiring way. You are light and you are love. Thank you again for joining me today. I do understand that the ideas shared in this episode and any future episodes may generate questions. These concepts are meant to be considered, questioned, absorbed, and hopefully embraced in different ways at different times. This short discussion is meant only to initiate that process. If you do have a question that I might clarify or perhaps answer in a future episode, please don't hesitate to share it in the comments. I sincerely appreciate your input and your participation. If you are interested in the ideas presented today and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing to the Jenny Carroll Perspective. Much appreciation, much love.